This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Alice Dempster. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Wednesday the 15th of February. In your Squiz today, an Aussie defence review handed in, Gabrielle hits New Zealand hard, Peter Bowles back on track, and banking the big bucks. This is your Squiz today. It's been months in the making, but a major new defence report has been dropped on PM Anthony Albanese's desk, Claire. The Defence Strategic Review, as it's known, is said to deal with the challenging strategic circumstances that Oz is facing. Yeah, Albanese and Defence Minister Richard Miles got a copy of that yesterday. The new government commissioned it not long after they were elected in May last year and former Military Chief Sir Angus Houston and former Labor Defence Minister Professor Stephen Smith were put in charge. It covers the structure, preparedness, posture, uh, which refers to our defence efforts, just making sure they're focused on the right things, uh, and also investment priorities of our Australian Defence Force. Uh, And before you get too excited, Miles said that it's going to take some weeks to digest, uh, but there will be a public version of the report made available uh, along with the government's response. And Claire, there's a few reasons why all these questions being asked in the review are important. And one of the biggest comes down to what we're spending. In total, our defence budget is $48.6 billion this financial year. So it's a lot of money. Yeah. And there's also major defence projects underway with budgets of more than $70 billion. Uh, Some of those are running over time and over budget as well. So, of course, the world's changing as well. Uh, Yesterday, Miles said that we're experiencing the most complex strategic landscape that we've faced since the end of World War II. Uh, That's a nod to a few things, but most notably Russia's war on Ukraine and in our region, how China is growing its influence. Uh, It means that our government really has to hustle and adjust. Yeah, and it's not just Australia that's having to adjust to an assertive China, which is why AUKUS Our new military alliance with the US and the UK is a notable piece of the defence puzzle. Albanese is heading to Washington next month to meet up with US President Joe Biden and UK PM Rishi Sunak, so we'll be watching this space. New Zealand declared a national state of emergency yesterday, Claire, as ex-tropical cyclone Gabrielle continues to batter the North Island. It's only the third time the country has made that declaration after the 2011 Christchurch earthquake and the pandemic. Yeah, so it's a pretty notable declaration. What it does is allow Kiwi officials to deploy resources to the hardest hit areas. That includes Auckland, which really did copper battering over Mm. the last couple of days. Um, The country's experienced severe flooding, uh, also landslides since the storm hit. Uh, And Emergency Services Minister Kieran McNulty says that they're through the worst of it, but they're still expecting more heavy rain and damaging winds across the country for the coming days. And PM Chris Hipkins says it's too early to say how many people are affected, but at least 225,000 are currently without power. And there are reports of people being trapped on their roofs and in cars in the Hawke's Bay and Tairawhiti regions. 
The UN says that the Syrian government's promise to open up two more border crossings to allow for international aid to get in and help those affected by last week's devastating earthquakes, Claire. Yeah, they say that that's going to happen very shortly. There is a lot of anger at the moment about how aid is being held up and not being able to get into Syria. Uh, Of course, that region where the earthquakes have been the hardest felt in Syria are part of the war-torn part of the country where there are real difficulties between the rebels and the government of that country. Uh, It seems that President Bashar al-Assad is blaming the delay in getting that aid in on Western sanctions, Uh, but international aid groups disagree. They say that the Assad government has mismanaged the situation and has refused to engage with the rebels in that region to make sure that aid can get through. UN Secretary-General Antonio Guterres says that the opening of those crossings on the border with Turkey will make a big difference given there's only one access point into the country at the moment. Claire, Aussie Olympic runner Peter Boll came to international attention at the Tokyo Olympics. He came fourth in the 800 metres there, and his backstory really captured hearts as a refugee from Sudan. He's been in the news this year because Athletics Australia suspended him in January over a positive drug test, but yesterday that was lifted. Yeah, he said that he was tested out of competition last year and the initial sample tested positive for the banned performance-enhancing substance synthetic EPO. Uh, Essentially, that drug helps the body transport more oxygen to the muscles and it can help improve performance, but Bowl has adamantly denied that he taken any substance uh, and he requested that the second sample be analysed. They put a second sample aside for this very reason. Uh, that's come back and yesterday Bowl confirmed that he's free to return to training and to competition. Yeah, good news for him, but it's not over yet. The second sample returned an atypical finding for the substance. In a statement, Sport Integrity Australia said that's not the same as a negative test result and it will continue its investigation. Forbes is a business publisher in the US, which is known for its rich lists, and it's just released its analysis of the top entertainers for 2022. So that's singers, actors, and the like. Claire, the world's 10 highest earning celebrities raked in more than 1.3 billion US dollars combined last year. Yeah, it's not bad work if you can get it. (laughs) (laughs) Who was at the top of that list, though, was a bit surprising. It's supergroup Genesis. They were a really big deal in the 80s and 90s. Uh, And also Sting, they took out the number one and two spots with earnings of 230 US million dollars and 210 US million dollars respectively. Uh, They sold their rights to their music so it was a bit of a sugar hit for them. Um, The Rolling Stones were in amongst it as well Uh, and then it starts to get a bit more contemporary with billionaire actor and businessman Tyler Perry coming in at number three. He raked in 175 million US dollars. I'm thinking maybe because he was getting some rent from the Sussexes for some of that time. Uh, Of course Harry and Meghan hold up at one of his homes when they were 
fleeing from Canada to the US. So that's a whole thing. Uh, also, Brad Pitt sold his production company. So that gave him $100 US million last year. Yeah. And another big name on the list was Taylor Swift. Her album Midnight's, along with her re recorded back catalogue, added $92 million US dollars to her wealth. And there was a notable newcomer, Puerto Rican rapper Bad Bunny. He came in at number 10 with earnings of 88 million US dollars. Claire, they work really hard, so good luck to them. (laughs) Absolutely. Claire, I find cockatoos intriguing if you can get past the squawking. They live forever and they're super smart. And a new study has found out just how smart they are. So researchers in Vienna found that cockies can select different tools to complete different tasks. And look, I spent way too long looking at videos of this (laughs) yesterday. Um, But essentially they can identify the thing that they need to have to get a reward uh, and then they sort of work out how to do it. Um, It makes them the third animal to be able to do that after humans and chimpanzees. Yeah, you mentioned watching videos. I love the reports that pop up online from time to time with cockatoos opening people's bins and making a mess, even if the residents put bricks or other (laughs) things on top to stop them. Makes you wonder if bird brain should be an insult. Yeah, absolutely. They're really (laughs) smart. Squiz the day, and squizzes will remember that we talked about this one on Monday. Reserve Bank Governor Philip Lowe is making an appearance at Parliament House in Canberra today. Yeah, he is. It's his regular appearance before Senate estimates. Essentially, senators on the Economics Committee from across the parties, and including the independents, will be able to throw him some curly questions. Yeah, they're calling that appearance highly anticipated. Yeah. <laughs> it's happening at about 11.30am this morning, so expect expect that to be in the news today. And that's it from us today. Have a great day and we'll be back with you again tomorrow.